welcome to the Generosity Week podcast from the Church of England. Each day this week, Busala Soda Yende will be using the Bible to help us develop a faith currency which we can draw on in times of difficulty, financial and otherwise. Busola works with youth and young adults and is an elected member of the Church of England's General Synod. Thank you for joining me as we've journeyed through this six-part series on how our faith is a dominant currency to pleasing God, especially in difficult times. Through the sessions, we've highlighted some biblical stories and teachings that we can apply when we experience economic uncertainty. Jesus admonished us not to worry, but to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We're encouraged to live out the two greatest commandments, loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves. By sharing our resources with one another, we're trusting God to provide all that we need. We learned from when the Israelites were in the desert and fed on manna that we should avoid the feeling of inadequacy when we feel we have very little. There is a time to live minimally in anticipation of a brighter future that God can turn things around no matter how challenging the situation is. In our last session, we introduced the godly principles of how giving our tithes and offerings honors God and is an act of worship. Abram gave a tenth of what he had to Melchizedek, the high priest, for blessing him, which pleased him. For this final session, I'd like to bring all sessions together to draw to a conclusion about how our obedience in our financial stewardship supports the church, an essential assignment for all of us until Jesus returns. When Jesus was leaving, he spoke these words in Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to be everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Apostle Paul, who with Peter was charged to start the Great Commission, was supported in his ministry by a handful of believers who gave sacrificially. Let's read from Philippians 4. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church said with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Paul is appreciating the support he had received towards his ministry. He continues, The gifts you sent are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. However, it was more often the case that Paul had less and worked to sustain himself. There has been a notable shift in the decline of the funds needed to sustain Christian ministries. Did you know that the average giving to the Church of England has declined significantly? That's a different seven, but stay with me on this one issue I'd like to address. We are one body in Christ and called to serve him in our respective vocations. We know that those on the front line that God has called to preach the gospel, and these efforts are supplemented by Christian charities filling in the gap in social action. However, 
when the economic outlook is fragile, there is a tendency to cut back on our tithes and offering, reducing what is in the storehouse. I mentioned in the last session that some put their tithes and offerings in a discretionary bucket and would only give when there's something left over. These reduced funds adversely affect the frontline missionaries going into communities to serve the poor. Did you know that we are all missionaries commissioned by Jesus to be witnesses and bearers of his name? Paul wrote letters to the church to live out a commitment to following Christ among unbelievers. The same can be said for us in the present time. We're noticing that more communities are experiencing several challenges, political, economic, and spiritual upheaval. What will Jesus do? As Christians have responded to live out their faith, we're deeply saddened to hear that some are being persecuted in countries where Christianity isn't tolerated. Conversely, the worrying reality is that where Christians are free to worship, their freedom of speech is threatened by the cancel culture that permeates. The fear of losing one's livelihood is more prevalent as those who disagree with our way of life speak in an accusatory way against us. How can we support ministries under threat because they preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? If I feel safe in my job, then as a member of the body of Christ, how do I play my part and support God's mission to see his kingdom come? An obvious starting place is to pray, study the word, and give. If we neglect the part we have to play to support our brothers and sisters in Christ, it means that to some extent, we're not as sensitive to their suffering. Do you see that our giving to missions is essential to carrying out the assignment set before us to spread the gospel? What did Paul say to this? Let us read 1 Corinthians 9, 7 to 14. Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it is threading out the grain. Is it about the oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes. This was written for us because whoever plows and trashes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. The body of Christ, our church, ought to function in unity, supporting its mission so that his kingdom can flourish. For those in employment that do have an income but give little or nothing, Paul is saying, if we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, our faith is a dominant currency in uncertain times. Our giving in faith activates a movement for God as we release the blessings he has first given to us for his ministry and our community. This is the time to be more united, to put our resources together to build the church. 
In faith, we are trusting that the financial seed sown will reap a harvest for God's kingdom. God promises to open the floodgates of heaven to bless us. But as I conclude, let's remind ourselves that the church isn't a building. It's us in our community. We are our brother's keepers. If we hold back on resources that can advance his kingdom, it could be our pastor having his very last meal with no funds left for his next one. Paul explains that this should not be the case. Those who serve in the temple should get their food from the temple. Let us give with a cheerful attitude. Let us give to sustain those in ministry so that they may not toll so much in hardship, working day and night because they choose not to be a burden as they carry out their assignment to preach the gospel. Jesus said, do not worry, for even if you have little to live on, that is fine for such a time as this. There is no peat, no valley that the hands of the Lord can pick you from. Remember, it is in the testing times our obedience unlocks the blessing. God can use an almost empty jar to fill the needs around us. We should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Pray regularly and meditate on his word. May God's peace fill you with joy and hope. Our faith and actions in love please him. Thanks for listening to the Generosity Week podcasts. We hope you've enjoyed them and found them helpful in building your faith. If you'd like to know more about Generosity Week, you can find all the resources and information on the Church of England website 